Good afternoon. This is Caroline Tapkin for Travel Daily's Inspiring Women in Travel Asia interview series. And today we're joined by Shobha from Rare India. So welcome, Shobha. Thank you for spending the time with us today. And um, why don't you introduce yourself? Tell us who you are and what you do. Thank you, Caroline. It is, um, uh, it's a pleasure to be here talking to whoever is going to listen to me. You said there were young people who would probably be inspired by what I do, but um, I think it's everybody's life is uh, interesting in their own way. And everybody's got a great uh, story that they have encountered and they have journeyed through. Mine began in, as a very, very simple, um, uh, as a, my life was, my childhood was very, very simple and very exciting uh, in a small town on the Eastern coast. Um, my uh, my father was in the railways which meant uh, by we traveled quite a bit uh, on the on the train and uh, by the time i was uh, i think i was 21 years old i had actually traveled quite a bit of uh, india on the railways so that has been my uh, the early part of my life and um, uh, also because it was a small town uh, we were we were on the coast everything we did was um, you know, I mean, it was a very, very small world. It was a small, it, it was a small group of friends. It was, a, everything was like, you know, it, everything was a microcosm. And um, you kind of, uh, you, because also there were not so many opportunities. TV hadn't come in then. There was absolutely no internet. So life was full of wanting to learn, you know, looking at floor art. You were, you were, you know, you joined a poetry group, you, you were, you were doing theater, you know, your friends got together and you were doing all kinds of things. You played cricket with the boys. I mean, there was so much uh, that was happening and you were a part of all of it. And uh, also growing up between uh, amongst, uh, you know, brothers uh, and also a lot of uh, uh, boys and their friends around, it also meant that, you know, you played, you, you were, you were out there with them. You were, you know, uh, you, they, you you went there. If they went cycling, you went cycling with them. You know, you kind of. Uh, I had my first beer with my my brother and his friends. So, you know, that kind of thing. So life was very uh, was it was very simple. At the same time, it exposed me to a lot of things. Uh, there were, I mean, I had mentors uh, who who believed in what I did. They laughed, thinking that I was crazy. But nobody ever judged you or. Uh, there was no judgment at all, right? Uh, so I kind of grew. Uh, my parents they did think that you know I God knows what, what where this one came from, but they never judged. They let me be for most part of it. I said I wanted to do this. They said yeah, go ahead and try. You know, I mean, just just do do whatever you want. You know, they, nobody had a lot of money those days, so they said, listen, we have no money. If you can do this all on your own or whatever way you want to do, go ahead and do it. So it. it there were there were no challenges as I saw even not having money or not having your parents for pay for everything now you know your children say they want music I mean you go out there and going and getting them things everything became an opportunity right and how do you the time wasn't it yeah so it, absolutely it was very simple it was very simple or you sat with somebody who said okay come let me see you let me teach you five five songs I mean that's all I can do and then you go on your way you know that kind of stuff so life was that that way and a um, lot of outdoor stuff. I mean, you, mm. we were out all the time. We were out all the time. We were, and up to all kinds of mischief. I don't know what the children, what my children think, but I can tell you, I have, 
I've got into more mischief than they can even imagine. You know, maybe we better not discuss that. Right <laughs> I know. No, but so you, you traveled a lot then. You traveled a lot as a child around India. Yeah. What did you study? Yeah. What What led you? To, yeah, so I uh, I was a science student. I was like I was telling you, science. I mean, those days, you know, the first cut was oh, you know, reasonably good at studies, you, science. I mean. You either became an engineer, number one, or you became a doctor, number two, you know. So uh, parents actually, I mean, in fact, if if you told somebody that, oh, what what is your child doing? And if you said, oh, she's uh, like an artist or something like that, they would say, oh, that's so sad. My son is dying this and my daughter is doing that. But my parents never had any of any such thing. You know, they said, you know, she's always doing something. Currently, what she's doing, we don't know. <laughs> so this um, <laughs> science was what I did and I loved science. I mean, I continue to like science. One of the things I go back to and I keep telling myself is, you know, I, and I top my, uh, uh, my graduation, uh, my graduate studies in sciences with zoology as a major, but I didn't know what to do with the science. And that time, you know, because, you know, there was no Google or something to understand the potential of what you did. I didn't know if I didn't want to be a doctor and I didn't want to be a professor. I didn't know what to do with a science, uh, you know, or a, or a, uh, or a postgraduate degree in science. So I used to ask my professors, I said, then I, what will I do? They said, yeah, you could do this or that, or maybe become a professor, become like that. I said, no, I don't want to. And then, you know, my university was, um, you know, the other subject which I loved was English. And my university was, um, was giving, was put out a course in journalism and mass communications. So two things I, I knew very, when I was very young, I loved to write. And the second was, I was a people's person. I mean, I meet my friends from 30 years ago and they said, you know, you are always after people. I don't know what is it about you. Hey, you are all. So these are the two skills. I, I think very early in my life, I figured I, I'm reasonably good at this. And I'm actually quite fearless when meeting people. I can go and talk to anybody. I mean, it just, so this is where I started. And then after, after doing science, after graduating in sciences, I did journalism and mass communication, came to Delhi, tried to pursue the, you know, the, the journalism thing, but it was not happening. People would keep on asking you to go into, um, into sub-editing. They wouldn't give you a reporting job. Now, reporting is the ex exciting bit. And, you know, one thing led to the other. I was started working for a company that used to, uh, that was a shutterstock of those times. And I used to write profiles for people. And uh, somebody met me. They said, oh, we like the way you write. Do you want to come and write itineraries for us? And that's how I entered into the travel business. Okay, writing itineraries. Yeah. Well, from science it. major to journalism to writing itineraries. And that was your introduction to the travel business. Into the travel business, yeah. And how did it go from there? So, um, I mean, yeah, then it just got more and more exciting. And then um, somewhere in about three, four years time, I just decided I was a little too big for my boots and I can't work for anyone else. I mean, uh, it just, I mean, I, this whole thing of being my own boss took over and several, you know, circumstances, children were born. We moved into the suburbs where, where transportation was very difficult and all of this kind of contributed and, I had a neighbor who was a, who continues to be a great friend of mine, and we both decided, uh, and uh, you know, corporate life was flourishing around where we moved to, and we said, okay, why don't we start a travel company together? And that's how I start. We started a travel business, but even at that point in time, it was not corporate travel. It was not your standard, um, 
a large hotel booking itineraries kind of a thing even then it was to pick and choose these small uh hotels palace hotels and you know uh, small forts and palaces and boutique hotels and wildlife lodges to be promoted to uh, people who wanted to travel so it was not your cookie cutter travel at all it was to highlight and it was to go and experience these off the beaten track places and try and promote it to um uh, to travelers and the uh, the 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 people who started moving into the suburbs uh, of the capital of uh, uh, india which is uh, new delhi were mostly esoteric were a esoteric group of people they were journalists they were advertising professionals they were you know into various very very interesting uh, businesses so they were all moving to this side and uh, for them uh, you know they they understood this kind of um, you know vacation so there was a clubhouse i would go and sit down in a clubhouse with a piece of paper that said 101 secrets by shobha mohan and they would come and talk, try and talk to me and i would talk to them about this place i went to that place i went to a dog there and you know like a like a fishing trip here and you know that's how my interest in the offbeat hotels began and i never looked back after that i couldn't go back to stay in a standard big large hotel i had i needed to know the owner i i needed to know the destination i needed to walk around and figure my way out and see what is special about that place not the big ones not the you know not the taj mahal that was built next to you but something you know a, a poet who came and stayed there and wrote his his iconic verse or something like that so that's how this it was not like it didn't happen in overnight it just kind of slowly the idea took shape and that is how rare was born in 2003 So how difficult was it to get started with a brand new company and brand new business like that? What were the challenges that you faced? You know, when you are what I was 32, you know when I started business on my own, you don't have money. You don't know where you're going, but your head is full of hope. <laughs> so there is i mean i remember th- i for me the the concept of failing at it it i it never even occurred to me and i i i always used to think oh if it doesn't happen we'll do something else i mean that kind of stuff i mean if anybody asked me oh how much are you making i mean that was not even a success parameter for me it just it was something i loved doing i was traveling to check out places i was meeting people i always wanted to meet on trains on on bikes i mean i remember i i the the bus that was carrying me broke down and I, somebody offered me a, a you know a bike ride to another place and i i didn't know him from adams i just sat and i went to it so the the there were a there was no fear b there was no concept of failure you know you because you're so young i mean you and the world was really your oyster and you said oh if this doesn't happen you'll do something else and and also remember travel didn't have to, you did, you didn't put a crore of rupees into it nobody mm-hmm. is funding you all 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 that happened was my husband at that point in time gave me a computer and he said i'll go ahead and start and work from home so that's how we started i mean we sometimes we're our own worst enemy aren't we because we think of all the things that can go wrong instead of focusing on what can go right and just getting on with it yes yeah yeah I, that's true i mean i we kind of now you kind of are worried oh my god budget and this that time mm. you 
have money will spend can do can't do only two <laughs> only there are only two things to think about looking back now what was what were some of the things you wish you could have changed that you would have done differently nothing Carla. nothing <laughs> nothing at all nothing at all i wouldn't change anything i mean i had a very bad partnership uh, things were i mean some of the times things were very tough but if you ask me would i change it i it was each step was a great learning experience i mean um i i i mean and also the pandemic for i mean now sitting back and thinking i never have been able to think that oh i shouldn't have done that it happened we did we progressed and i mean here i am fantastic i mean to be able to look back with no regrets yeah no absolutely is, is amazing not. yeah absolutely none and you you said off camera before we started this that um life is not a straight line Hmm. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I still wonder why people think that, you know, every every month, every day is a success story. It isn't, isn't it? It goes Some up and down. Exist. And where you start isn't necessarily where you end up. You will end up, yeah. And definitely not in the same. I mean, I'm, I'm a great example. I didn't, I didn't start. I started in some direction. Then I went here and then I went there and finally I'm here. And I don't know. I mean, you, you don't know where you'll go, but... I know wherever I go, I'll be, I'll be quite happy doing, you know, what I think I, you know, I'll be doing at that point in time. So we kind of mastermind a lot. I mean, I, I catch myself doing it at, you know, because you're older, you, you, you're worried. I mean, you think, oh, retirement is coming up or whatever. But I think we kind of try and mastermind, uh, you know, stuff around us quite a bit while you just really can't. I mean, it's just not possible because in, in, everything isn't in your hands, right? Things change, people change, you know, circumstances change. I mean, let the pandemic happen. What could you do? None of, none of it was my fault. I was working as hard as ever. I was enjoying myself as hard as, you know, as, uh, as well as uh, anywhere else. But there was nothing else, nothing you could do. All I could do was react to the situation. I'm, I mean, respond to the situation and see, well, what is the best thing I can do? The only two things I had in mind was I had to survive and my team had to survive. I wanted them. I mean, everybody had mortgages to pay and, you know, we, we were a strong a business of about 13, 14 people and each one of them had to survive. And I told them, guys, you work and you support me. I will sell stuff and I will look after you. But, you know, if you're playing games, you need to go. <laughs> so, you know, there's, uh, that kind of stuff. So, I mean, I, I mean, sounds very simple, but I think that's that's how I've lived my life, Caroline. I can't. I don't know any any way else to uh, live this. And how's the future looking? What do you see in the future? You know, um, yeah. Currently, uh, because there is, I mean, what happened during the pandemic and a lot of our hotels. What we do at Rare, and I didn't answer that question adequately. There is a is a community of small independent hotel owners. Some of them are really small and that is actually, that's the crux of what we do, independent smaller hotel owners. And some of them are larger groups, small hotels, multiple small hotels under one ownership, right? So that's essentially what Rare does. We are a sales and marketing company for them. Most of them were too hugely dependent on the 
inbound market, people from the UK or US and, you know, France and Australia, mm -hmm. Canada, English speaking countries. Uh, but when the pandemic happened and nobody could come in and before the pandemic, they didn't kind of, they didn't, we, we didn't invest enough in the Indian market, in the domestic market. But even at that time, even in the, in the early days that I started, I had, we had somebody in the office always tapping into the domestic market. Our hoteliers didn't want it. They were okay to keep their rooms, their hotels shut, but they didn't want the domestic market. But we continued to, you know, present ourselves in the domestic uh, fairs and events, go to their offices, make contacts and things like that. So what happened when the pandemic hit, the domestic a person the, the and the, the boy Murli, God bless him, and he's been with me since the day I started. Murli was uh, the guy who used to look into the domestic market, not very popular. His work, I mean, budgets were always less for him, not much allocation there because everything was funneled into the inbound, you know, you know, mm -hmm. more stuff here, more things. And Murli was a lone crusader. Suddenly he was a hero. I mean, he that because everybody wanted the domestic market. I mean, we wanted the domestic market. So like I said, you know, nothing is standard. Nothing is a straight line. Nothing is like cut in, uh, you know, uh, cut uh, according to, uh, you know, I mean, that will last you forever. But so that we took advantage of the domestic market because we had made our contacts, because we have, I mean, Murli had done, you know, fairs and things like that. So we survived. And now that the in inbound is coming back and, you know, they are saying, okay, October, they first said, okay, October 2020, uh, October 2021, it is going to begin. October 21, uh, 2021 came and went. They said February 2021 came and went. Now we are all looking for the winter of 2022, right? And that's what we are working for. I mean, I don't know, you don't know, you know, and in, in all of this, there is a war, you know? So nobody really knows. But what I know is, I mean, I'm going to give this all I can. And I keep telling my team, I said, 2022, this is it. This is the year. If it doesn't happen, we'll probably start looking for something else because for three years, we worked without much remuneration. Mm. I mean, like really worked really very hard because hotels didn't have money to pay. There's no point going and asking. My good luck, my good fortune that we had an investor who just before the pandemic came on board and put some money into it. So I could at least pay and pay myself and pay my team members. Now is the time to put all of that back. So I'm only looking at future and saying, okay, but the good news is whatever we've been talking about, this whole sustainability, community, people and planet friendly and all of this, that has kind of become a big relevance just now. You know, it's suddenly focused. I mean, it's suddenly out there. It's, it's a center of conversations. Uh, earlier when I used to talk all of this and say, you know, my hotels are special because they're the, they used to keep thinking, yeah, yeah, but tell me number of rooms. You know, they were so hardware driven. Mm -hmm. Now with this, one of the things the pandemic did was that it put environment, sustainability, uh, people, communities, what should tourism actually mean? All of that is a part of a larger conversation. And I think that is what is future forward. And I think that is what works in our favor because this is what we've been singing for a very long time. So I'm thinking if, um, if we're all, uh, if, if the world kind of stabilizes, I mean, of course there'll be this odd war and things that are happening here and there, which is, uh, 
and the pandemic doesn't you know wreck another have another a season. i think yeah so another another i think we are headed to a great year and i would like to be very very uh, positive about it and i think we are headed for a great year we definitely are working very very hard towards that end that's fantastic i mean if if the pandemic has given us more of a focus on sustainability domestic tourism and the ability to look broader than just the traditional markets that will be an advantage in the future won't it absolutely absolutely mm-hmm. and so also who, that who's inspired you along the way many people uh, you know i'm i you know bollywood films i've just recently saw this movie called 83 it's about an iconic cricketer i mean simple people you know people who come and work in your house the gardener who comes in i mean i'm inspired by everything i mean i um there's so much are going on out there and in a country like india you walk out and you in this it's already it's already very hot it's over 40 degrees celsius and you actually go out and you see these people women who come and work manage homes you know maybe a drunken husband somewhere you kind of are filled with gratitude caroline and say you know i mean what you have what you've given you the only thing you can do is lend your hand to help someone else in trouble and needy otherwise um, i mean lot of inspiration i'm inspired by books i'm a big bollywood i'm a, i'm a big movie buff so watch movies and you get inspired and uh, i i love biographies i love autobiographies i read, read a lot of that i guess each one of us um, even if you're simple people the way we lead and live our lives it's kind of quite inspiring for other people otherwise we just keep thinking our we are the what's happened to me is the worst what happened to me is the way i mean my children are the best my thing is the best my disease is the worst i mean we we kind of attribute all the positives and the you know upscale them to such an extent that we think that you know we are the center of the universe and the worst can only happen to us the best can only happen to us so but that's not true there are so many people do going through so much on a day to day basis it's it's good advice there to to just look around you and see the people yeah. who are continuing day after day despite hardships and and problems huge hardships i mean if you go into rural india uh, yeah. you see i mean it's hard labor yes you know and we talk about ah, it's hot it's feeling you're feeling hot i mean the air condition isn't working the electricity these guys are out there in the sun my god you you can't even stand for 10 minutes outside the, your door or your window you know uh, outside in your balcony yes indeed and um, what advice would you give to the youngsters coming up maybe looking at travel as a career or not knowing what they want to do yet what advice yeah, would you give them yeah for people who don't know what they want to do my advice is just keep doing something i mean sitting there and saying okay i uh, you know i don't know what i would do i do i want to do so i'm not going to do anything that's just not the thing like i said the two ways to go about it either you know where you want to go exactly or keep going to different places and keep knocking it off and say okay no this is not my destination so there are two ways to do that and i feel, i believe the second part of it is much more exciting so you have you've already checked out a few you know a few 10 options and decided you know when, by the time you come to the 11th one you you kind of figure out this is your the advice i'd like to i mean i won't say it's an advice it's something i have learned myself is not to take yourself too seriously 
really not you know and uh, you know i mean i'm sure around the world whoever's listening your parents i mean we've kind of gone through the some of them have gone through the great depression you know joblessness and things like that when we were growing up there was the options for earning money you know even if you were educated there was so much lack of jobs and things like that it was just um, we didn't have the opportunities today you know you can be anything you want to be just about anything you can do multiple things with the internet there you can sit at home and work you can have babies and on one side and do something else on the other and you know you just so much you can do your potential mm. is is some is just something that you have to wait and I mean, you have to explore and find out how far you can go in what you can you can do or what you want to do and that potential is in your hands isn't it it's not not in anybody else's no one else is going to pull that potential out of you yeah nobody i mean maybe yes yeah no one yeah no one is going to come and say that you know and the other thing i wanted to say and i i tell this to my children you know everything is we are hardwired with hardwired to numbers you know we want to see things it has to be tangible but there is a huge intangible that exists in and outside within and outside of us and that is your spiritual quotient none of us in india when you were we were growing up as youngsters somehow this this fell in our ears subconsciously so a little bit of spirituality you know um, like you know you might want to call it karma i don't want to give it names but the fact that do good be you know it will come back you know you heard these things in your orbit somewhere so subconsciously this became a part of your psyche and you know hear that i'm sure it continues to be the same but you're so you're so surrounded by noise um, from internet from music and radio you know covering your ears like that maybe it's in the music you're listening to or something like that there is develop your spiritual quotient because 22 is i mean if somebody is 20 22 19 18 you are going there as adults right and my your ability to withstand things has to be higher and higher as your years go along you can't go back right as a baby you can't withstand a lot of things but as you grow older your ability to withstand things without you know going into the depths of you know uh, you know remorse or whatever it is is it has to your your resilience should start getting higher that can only happen when you when you're spiritually oriented you can call it whatever i mean i don't want to put a name to it i don't want to call it a religion it could be nature for some it could be art for someone else do something for your soul that kind of you know that moves you and motivates you from inside it's that one thing you that grounds you that gives you that inner you. strength in a strength that will allow you to you know will put put roots out and stand your ground and say this is my sacred space and i i my the my power of conviction comes from here because i have felt this i have not done this i have not touched this but i have felt this but at the same time having the confidence to put those branches out to try different things absolutely yes. i think that's a fantastic lesson and and you who came up through science and ended up in travel and talk so enthusiastically about all the opportunities there that's a, a wonderful 
um, example for anybody coming up, whether in India or anywhere else. So um, any final words? What, what, what advice do you give to your children when they say, mum, I don't know what to do or what am I going to do? I tell them, if you don't know what you want to do, you're in a good space. I always say this to them. I, and, you know, I, the other thing I tell them is don't do anything for money. I mean, don't say, you know, I need to earn money. I mean, money is the least of, it should be the least of your concerns. The simple thing is, I mean, you know, unfortunately, the kind of, I mean, this is the world we are in, right? The advertising, the internet, everything is, you know, pushing products into your head. But like they say, you know, you you should use things, uh, you know, I mean, you, you, things are there to be used and people are there to be, you know, related to. Unfortunately, we do the opposite. You yes. know, we use people and relate to things. So it's my, the, the only advice for, I mean, I, the, the advice I constantly give children is don't worry about money. When we were young, we didn't have money. My parents didn't have money to give us. You know, it was all the economy was very, very slow. We were not landowners or something like that. So what we made, we made ourselves. And we have, you have that buffer behind you. You know, my daughter can come and tell me, listen, I'm taking a two-year sabbatical. Help me out, mom. You know, I'm, I'm going to repay you. Or probably even not. But we are there for you like that. You know, especially in India. Parents will go out of their way. So don't make money they don't make any monetary uh, you know success is no success at all i mean it can't be you if you're know? unhappy so, with life then money doesn't if you're unhappy yeah. with life and even if you're not doing anything and i i mean somebody was my daughter's friend was telling me that you know i got married and you know i said well all of this is work you're investing in a relationship you are you know, you're figuring out what you want to do. You're setting up a home. Don't think you're not doing anything, right? The way you set up your house nicely is the way you'll set up your life nicely. That's what you'll take into your business, right? Mm. So that, everything that's, that's is That's good connected. advice. That's really Yeah, I mean, everything advice, is yeah. connected. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I feel everything is connected. And I always say, I mean, do whatever you want to do. Do it wonderfully well. I mean, just give it all you have. It doesn't matter. And money will come. I mean, and if it doesn't um, work, try something else. Try something else. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. Thank you very much for your time today, Shoba. It's been very enlightening. And hopefully, we get back to open borders and free travel and, and freedom of travel, not free travel, but and that business does return quite quickly to you and to all these small hotels that you're working with. The sustainability is a good angle. And I think a lot of people are looking for that as well these days. So uh, wishing you all the best for the coming year. And um, thank you again for your time today. Thank you, Caroline. Thank you. And God bless you for saying that. And I guess I really hope travel, uh, free to travel, not free travel. Not free travel, <laughs> free to travel. <laughs> free to travel is where is the space we all want to get into. And I wish you all the best. And thank you for having me uh, to chat with you on this forum. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Thank you very much.